1: Hello everyone and welcome to a very special edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast. Um, For those that are listening on audio, an explainer, uh, we are in the Ipswich Town TV studio. Been very kindly invited in to have a chat with Mark Ashton. Um, It's been a while since we've we've done one of these. I think it was November last year, so coming on for a year mark. Um, A lot has changed and happened in that time Um, and all of it Pretty damn good. Um, started quite well this season. Yeah, you're you're right. It has been a
0: while. Uh, a few more grey hairs, a few more wrinkles, um, but I think it's so far all been worth it. Um, welcome to our, our new studio. Um, I think we were actually going to do this at the last international break, and then I need to go to the states and whatever, and time ran out. So it's yeah, it's great great to get the opportunity to meet you me again and, and catch up.
1: Good stuff. Um, how did that trip to the States go, seeing as you've mentioned it? How, uh, how are our American friends over the pond?
0: All good. Um, they're supportive as ever. Um, I, I go over there fairly regularly. They will come here um, and we'll talk about the plan, where we're tracking against the plan, both on and off the pitch. Uh, and then where I think they're so fantastic is they give myself and the management team the oxygen in the breathing space just to get on with our, our jobs. They, they don't tinker on a day-to-day basis. They'd like to know the big objectives. They'd like to know where we are on those objectives. Um, obviously, we talk about the funding, but as owners goes, you're gonna struggle to get better. They're first class.
1: Before we start digging into some of the, the bigger issues, I was gonna ask you about a couple of little things that have, that have happened recently. Um, one man who was sat just where you're, you're sat a few weeks back for the whole game was, was Ed Sheeran I believe that's the first time that you've you've met Ed wasn't it um, that day in person
0: um, I've met him a couple of times briefly on match days uh, and we try and leave him alone on match days let him come and watch the game and in, in, enjoy the day with his friends but yeah he, he came in the office for an hour or so before the before the game um, uh, it was quite surreal to be honest because he was sat in there ordering pizza uh, having a coffee and a, a, and a catch up but just a first class person so supportive of the football club um, and brought us some luck on the night too
1: and you escorted him down to the dressing room I believe that was a, a bit of a surprise for the players wasn't
0: it yeah he was great he said to me look he says if we win I'll come down you know if, if it's the right thing to do I'll come down and, uh, at the end of the game he appeared and said come on let's go and see the boys so it was a great because they didn't know about it um, Kieran knew it may happen so it was a shock to the lads um, and they never let you down to do our players, so they decided to, to sing to Ed Sheeran. So, it was, yeah, it was quite a night.
1: Is that concert here with Ed uh, on the agenda? <laughs> can, you, can you tell us any more about plans for that?
0: Um, listen, I think it's something we have a desire to do. I think it's something he certainly has a desire to do. The stars have to line up. He's extremely busy. He's on a world tour. Um, but I think we'd all be disappointed at some point if that didn't happen. Um, and he's such just a great supporter of his hometown football club, asks so little of us
1: but contributes so much, we can't can't thank him and his management team enough. And you haven't just got a global pop superstar spreading the word of Ipswich Town. You've now got a British heavyweight <laughs> boxing champion in Fabio Wardley who was uh, parading his, his belts at the last game. Um, what's it like having Fabio there? You managed to get the new kit to him to wear for the... Um, yeah for the pre-fight stuff recently. Uh, He's gagging to to fight here at Portman Road. Is is that also something that you're hopeful of?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Again, first-class guy. Um, Class him as a friend, uh, as much as someone who's engaged as a key stakeholder in the football club. Um, Watching his fight uh, on the TV uh, at the weekend was probably as emotional as I've been watching any sporting event ever. Watching someone you know who's a friend, physically fighting he's far different than watching someone who you don't know um, and again he didn't let us down town colours I thought it was great to see him at the the, the pre-fight at the weigh-in in the new third kit um, passionate about the football club um, the only thing is when Fab comes to the games he has one job one job and that's to keep me calm doesn't do it um, Yeah, I think he was very keen to come with me to the Bristol game um, but he was uh, he was obviously in Saudi preparing for the fight but someone, again, who cares deeply about his local football club, um, is passionate about it, wants to show his support to, to the team on and off the pitch. And I think it would be remiss of us not to make sure at some point we get a wardly fight here at, at Portman Road.
1: How are those third shirt sales going? You mentioned uh, the kit there. The, the kit sales in general, I mean, everywhere I look, there seems to be Ipswich Town shirts around the town, which hasn't always been the case in recent years the orange ones in particular seem seem to be everywhere um record shirt sales last year do you think you're going to top those
0: yeah yeah i do
1: um
0: listen i have to say and it was part of the discussion with the the ownership group in the u.s you underestimate this fan base at your peril um it's just incredible um home season ticket numbers um home average attendances, uh, away fan following midweek games, going into the winter months now, shirt sales, every every time we turn to our fan base they deliver and they deliver in spectacular numbers. Um, So the shirt sales are flying, Uh, I think we did around 50,000 last year, Uh, we're over 30,000 across the three strips this year, we're about 8% up this time last year Um, and obviously we haven't even gone into the Christmas period yet, so again the fans uh, have been just incredible, and I think when you look at the town and the wider county, I think you're absolutely right. You know, we look at uh, all the other football clubs across Europe with the ownership groups because we can consistently comparing numbers and different models. And I just think this fan base is totally unique. Um, you know, for the challenges that they've they've had and the disappointments they've gone through over previous decades, um, my God, they they're showing their support right now. Um, and myself, the, the manager, the
1: ownership group are, are really thankful to that. Their
0: fan base is just incredible.
1: 28,000 here for that midweek cup game against Fulham. Recently sold out pretty much every week at the moment. It's the hottest ticket in town. Um, how many do you think you could get inside Portman Road? Were there no ceiling on it at the moment?
0: I, I think I think that's that's the dangerous thing here. I think if you try and think too far ahead and you try and put ceilings on things. Um, Again, if you look at the fan base uh, and where the fan base could grow from, there is so much opportunity. We've talked before about the work our foundation's doing um, in developing the next generation of supporters. We haven't even started that work yet. Uh, And I just think that this football club is so unique. We've talked about it before. Incredible history, incredible past, but the future is so bright Uh, and when you marry that incredible history and the opportunity to move forward and move forward at pace together, I don't think there's another club like this. I think for sure, I think the football industry is looking over the fence right now and saying what's happening at Ipswich Um, because this rocket ship is off the launch pad and it's only going to go one way.
1: How hard is that to kind of make these short, medium, long-term plans when it's progressing at, at such a speed at the moment?
0: Well, I say to to the staff, tenacity is our superpower. Uh, Our work rate, our energy is our superpower. Because I've worked at clubs before where we've always said we work hard and we outwork others. But here, there is a real pace and urgency around everything that everybody does. Uh, And we are building this rocket ship while we're in flight. We don't get everything right all the time, Um, but we are moving at lightning speed pace Um, and the staff behind the scenes um, you know big intake of breath at times because you know we're in three game weeks for quite a period now and that's that's tough with the miles that we do getting Portman Road ready for games uh, the team behind the team here are working extremely hard and I think you know fans can see that in the changes we've made at Portman Road the team continues to progress are hearing now that we're announcing work uh, at Playford Road at the training ground. Uh, we're looking at how we develop Portman Road, um, because to go back to your original question, you know, we will be limited probably by land size on how big we can get. But, you know, 35,000, 40,000, uh, a successful Ipswich team fills that stadium.
1: Yeah, while we're talking about it, then the, the plans for Portman Road, which is... Had so many improvements in a short space of time aesthetically in terms of the size of the stadium i know it was mentioned at the recent fans forum that the Cobbold stand is is the one that you would probably look at next um what what are your thoughts on on how portman road could look in in the longer term future i think what we have to do is we and one of the things we've been working on for a while now
0: is a master plan for the stadium i think if you look at any Stand in isolation or any part of the stadium in isolation, it it will trip you up. You've got to look at how the stadium works in its totality. Now, one of the things I'm so proud of and we would not want to change is we're a town centre club, Uh, and that's quite unique in the modern age. You know, you've been to your derbies and your Stokes, etc., where they've got lovely stadiums, but they're out of town. We're a town centre club, uh, and that we will stay. That's really important to us, but that means we have to work with partners, the local authority, to make sure that we're all joined up in thinking on land usage, access and egress to the stadium, transport plans, etc. And we're really fortunate that we've got really good um, local authority uh, and we're talking with them about master planning right now on uh, how we take the stadium forward in the short, medium and long term. And plans are progressing nicely uh, and when we're at the right point,
1: Will come out and talk to the fans, but yeah, you're looking at continual development of the Portland Road site. And I assume that's not short term because you don't want to be turning people away at this this given moment in time, do you?
0: No, you you raise a good point. Um, I think there's still a lot of work that we've got to do within the stadium right now. And, you know, the west end we have planning permission now to complete the executive boxes. Uh, on one level, that gives us space on the level that's underneath that, which again gives us more facilities in the stadium to develop. Um, we are continually looking at different areas of the stadium where we upgrade. You know, even last week you've seen new, two new digital store, store book, scoreboards going. Sorry, one above the tunnel, and one uh, at the far end of the stadium. That transformation will will continue. Obviously, the big piece of work is a replacement to the Cobble stand. So we're stepping through that process. Uh, and again, behind the scenes, there's a lot of work going on. Architects have been appointed. Um, and we're talking really well with the local authority and other key stakeholders on how and what that would look like. Um, but again, we'll, we will talk to fans
1: at the right time. Training ground is the big project at the moment, isn't it? I know you've talked about multi-million pound yeah. renovation of that. Where's that at and what's that
0: going to look like? Again, architects have been um, appointed. Um, we've been having regular meetings over the last two or three months in regards to land usage at Playford Road. We have two sites either, either side of the road. And it's important that we, you know, we have better facilities for uh, our women's team um, and our academy and the first team. So what you'll see here is probably an upgrade of the facilities that we currently have with brand new state of the art training facilities also being built on site uh, and we're stepping through that right now the brief has been written i think we get the first cut of the drawings back in the next two or three weeks um, and kieran gets to play with them um, and rightly so put his stamp on them um, because we want his and his coaching staff's input into them and then we'll step through planning uh, and, and move forward as swiftly as we possibly can but it's key uh, we, we've got decent facilities at Playford Road we need world class elite we have to have elite facilities it's key to recruitment and retention of players and it's key to development uh, of players and staff as well so yeah that will be a very large investment but it's one I think that will set the club in a really good position for, for many many years to come
1: Have you been to look at any other clubs for inspiration in terms of you know, how, how this is going to look up at Playford Road?
0: We, it's something I've done consistently. Um, you know, We, we, we built the, the training ground of Bristol City, um, which again I think is a world class facility. Um, I left literally the day we opened the door, so I had about one day in the, in, in the new office there. Um, so at that point we visited a lot of clubs and a lot of stadia. But the good thing is the coaching staff are continually visiting clubs, so whether that be Tottenham, Um, Liverpool etc and our architects have also worked with a number of football clubs in the UK and overseas I was at Brighton recently looking at their facilities so it's nice to be able to take the best of everyone uh, and then put it into the the meld uh, and clearly get Kieran's take on it Um, and I think yeah, we'll be in a good place in the next month or so to uh, start talking to fans a bit more about that one
1: when, when might that be ready in time for next season, or is that that too
0: early? No, I I, I think, look, in an, in an ideal world, I'd like to break ground before the summer, um, and then you've probably got a 10-12 to 12 month build time on it. Um, the good thing is a lot of the pitches are in place, we did that work last season, but a lot of that will be determined by how long it takes us to go through the planning process. Um, but again, we'll move at breakneck break speed. Mm-hmm.
1: Let's go back to the summer then. The build-up to this season, promotion secured. You've already talked about sort of your emotions around around the Exeter game and and everything that went into getting this club back to the championship. Then you have to to think about what you're going to do to the squad in preparation for championship football. Um, I think there was an element of the fan base that were maybe wondering: Are they going to go and break club record fees for players? Just how much ambition is going to be shown from Ipswich? In the end. While bringing George Hurst back, making that permanent, Jack Taylor for a seven-figure fee, a few Premier League loans. You didn't do anything too drastic. You didn't get dragged into any any big sort of financial battles for, for players um, in this division. Um, what was the th- thought process between yourself and Kieran during the summer window? Um, it's obviously worked out pretty well so far. Uh, but take us back to the summer and and that that transfer window.
0: I think. Consistency was probably the key word. Consistency is key in everything that we do. Um, I think in myself and in particular Kieran, um, he'll only bring in the right type of players. Um, he won't just bring in a player for, for numbers. It just that's not in his in his makeup, and it's something that I'm really proud of the way he thinks and he operates. Um, but if you go back to the summer, uh, you've got to remember we we're governed by profit and sustainability rules. And we'll be brave and we'll be bold, but we won't be reckless. And there's a big difference Um, because what I'm not going to do is put this club in a position where we face potential points deductions. And you've seen that happen. And having sat on the league board, I know that process. And I just won't put us in that in that position. So we know the headroom that we've got. Um, You know, financially, Kieran is always backed. Um, I'm always backed by the owners. Um, But you know, we're selective. Um, so we stepped through the window and the window moves you, you know, we've talked about this spider's web that also almost moves on an hourly basis and that's just exactly what happened um, we were calm we stepped through it uh, we knew the key positions that we wanted to, uh, to recruit into we knew the key positions that we wanted to retain and make sure the squad was, was solid and I think we had an outstanding pre-season again Andy Rolls and his team um, put together a really detailed pre season and I think you saw by the time we got to Sunderland we were ready. Mm. Um, you know, we played Preston in pre-season. Um, and I think that game probably opened one or two people's eyes to actually, oh, they're not bad. Mm. Uh, and we've just kept moving fo- we just kept moving forward through the window. In the end there were other players that we could sign at the end of the window. We had the financial firepower to do it. But Kieran was really clear, no, good be what we got. Unity and balance of the squad is good. And you've also got to remember when we, we plan a, a summer window, we have January and the following summer in mind because the financial fair play rules run across all those, those windows. So again, we, we knew the financial position we were in, we knew the firepower we had, um, and I think we made good acquisitions. You know, I think if you look at the price we played paid for George Hurst, it's good value in the market. It's a good asset value. And he's a player who's done extremely well on the pitch. So I think we were we were effective in what we did. We'll have more firepower to go again in January. And we'll have more firepower to go again next summer.
1: I'll ask you about January in a minute. But as a as a less experienced CEO, have there been times in the past where emotionally you've been drawn into transfer windows a little bit more if you've got a different type of manager that's maybe not of the same calm demeanour of Kieran McKenna? have you been guilty in the past of being dragged into just doing one more deal or just doing a little bit more? Is that something that you've you've learned during your time yeah, in the game? Yeah,
0: I think we can all say that, particularly in the early years. Um, you know, I'm, I've, I've been in this game a long time now, um, and calmness, steadiness is key in a transfer window. Um, I don't like—I've said it before—I don't like doing last I think it's. It just you make bad decisions when you, you're rushing at the end of a window sometimes you've got to do it but I prefer to step through things early if I cannot, we will get the business done early but again you, it's very difficult times to do that particularly in a summer window and you've got to understand the market this summer that we were recruiting from had changed um, because there are clubs now who as a championship club see us as potential competition so they won't want to do business with you uh, and I go back to what I said at the end of the window, last January, the four signings that we made were championship players. So we were recruiting for the championship last last January. And I think all of those players, if you've seen, have stepped up uh, into what we, we see now as good, solid championship players. So its transfer windows are never easy. January is... Always a difficult window. It, it just—it's a difficult market. It's a seller's window, not a buyer's window. Um, but again, we'll be prepared going into that.
1: How close are you to those FFP limits at the moment? How much wriggle room have you got going into, into January?
0: No, we we've, listen. We've got headroom. Um, we know in detail what that headroom looks like, um, and this is why uh, we talk about the fans at this football club. This is where it helps because it, we, you know the more money we draw into the football. club, um, through revenue gives us the ability to spend more on players and again our fans have just been fantastic and, but the numbers that we have help us so we've got headroom um, but it's how you spend that headroom and, you know talk people talk to me about clubs oh clubs have got money are naturally successful well as being a CEO who's worked at clubs where we've had no money and a club where we've got good financial support trust me it's more difficult because you've got to spend that money wisely. Um, And that's where I think Kieran is so good. He's very calm, he's very considered. He looks at the balance of the whole squad
1: before he makes his decision and he really does his homework. You'll do well to better the impact of the players that you signed last January, the four that came in, and and really supercharged that promotion push. You said you you recruited for the Championship in, in League One as we record this you're second in the table ahead of Rotherham take two so there might have been a couple of games by the time people watch and and listen to this but um, do you recruit now for the Premier League in the Championship? We're starting to get to a position where we have to have those conversations and I'm sure internally without trying to sort of come across as as arrogant when I know you'll probably I can see you sort of maybe bulk as soon as the word Premier League gets the words Premier League get mentioned here, but it's prudent to kind of have both scenarios in in mind now, isn't it, at this stage of the season?
0: Yeah, someone said to me a couple of weeks ago, do you do you start preparing for the Premier League now? Well I think we actually started preparing preparing for the Premier League the day this ownership group walked in the door. Um, You've seen the changes that we've made on and off the pitch, um, and I think we set our standards as Premier League standards right across the board. Um, we recruit the best players we can in every single window. Um, you know, I think you, you look at the technical specification, the physical specification that Kieran recruits to. You know, he gets the balance right with players who've got some more experience versus those who are young, hungry, and he can he can develop. That won't really change. You know, he's very clear with me on where he wants to add to the squad in January. Um, but also, we're full at a twenty-five-man squad right now. So someone's got to come out of that squad for someone to go in, and he'll balance that through. But we, we don't talk about. I can honestly say to you, we don't talk about Premier. The, the word Premier League very get very rarely gets mentioned. We talk about process. Uh, and we talk about Premier League processes and actually setting the highest standards, the conversations this week are all about the quality of the pitches at the training ground and we probably need to stitch one or more of the pitches to give them better training facilities because that will drive the standards even higher, etc, etc. So we keep focused on that process and if we keep focused on that process, we firmly believe that ultimately will take us where we want to get to. When? there with the width of the post I can't I can't tell you but I, I promise you that is what that's our mantra is to stay on the process
1: you hear a lot of clubs owners talking about five-year plans and things like that are you ahead of schedule in terms of where you, you want to be at this this moment in time um it's a good
0: question to ask I don't the, the, the problem that we have is we, we we write a plan for the owners um we're we got a five to seven year if you like financial plan This is what we're going to spend off the pitch. This is what we're going to spend off the pitch. Uh, This is where it fits in with financial fair play. And we work through that model. What I talk about is progression each season. Because if each season we progress, ultimately we'll get to where we want to get to. I firmly believe last season um, that we had a squad that had been built that was capable of getting us out of League One. Did I for a moment think it would take the points all that we had to get to to get out of League One? No, I didn't. I said at the start of the season that I thought we were building a squad capable um, of attacking this division, and I think that's exactly what Kieran has done. I think that's what the players have done. Um, but I think that comes from stability, and that's where the ownership group is key because we're not erratic, we're calm, we're steady. You've been around us, we don't make wild swinging decisions. You know, if you look at the the Championship last season, um, there was a high percentage of turnover of managers. Some managers, some clubs sorry, almost had two managers within a few months. That's not this ownership We're steady, we're calm, we have a plan. And the plan may vary, but ultimately we'll stick to the mythology. And I think Kieran's fantastic at doing that. I think his backroom staff and his supporting staff are really, really good at that. And if we keep progressing, we'll ultimately get where we get to.
1: You said in the summer that stability could be your superpower this season. I think already a quarter of the championship has, has changed manager. Yeah. I think it's 19 across the entire Premier League slash Football yeah. League so far. So I guess you've got to bear that in mind when, when we come to January as well in terms of keeping what, what's good as well as, as maybe adding to it if you can.
0: The balance of the squad is something that Kieran will talk about all of the time. Um, and uh, you know when we, we talked about when we recruited Kieran you know, I said to you the one thing that when I met him I was keen to learn more about was his values um, and he's clearly got high football IQ, clearly but he's got high EQ and that's emotional intelligence around the players and the staff so that balance of the squad, that balance um, of, of his players will be absolutely key to him as we, as we step through each transfer window we just we're not the type of ownership group who are wild in our decision making everything's very calmly thought, thought through uh, and an industry where you play three games a week and you could have wild emotional swings from a win to, to a defeat in a seven day period I think we're calm in doing that and I go back to it. I do think you know I've said to you our tenacity is our superpower but you are right calmness is is something that I think gives us an edge on most
1: Talking about stability here, managerial stability. You managed to get Kieran on a new four year contract back mm-hmm. in the summer. He's spoken regularly about how the club's ambitions match his own personal ambitions, and you hope that the journey the two of you are on at the moment can continue a lot further. But with success, as you know, will come noise around people being interested in your manager yeah. at some stage. How confident are you that you can see that off as and when it comes? Do you have a tipping point in mind as to what sort of level of club might just test the tipping point of, of that?
0: I, I can I can understand why you ask that because it's 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 a logical question to ask. Um, and Kieran's vitally important to us. He's done extremely well, and we were delighted to to get him on that new contract. Um, one, because he earned it. Um, and I think he's, he's helped us set the DNA of the football department for, for many, 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 many years to come. And I genuinely believe he will be with us for, for a long time to come. Um, but what we've also done around Kieran is we've appointed, this was part of the model, in League One to appoint Premier League standard staff right across the board, both at the training ground and at Portland Road site, and give them an environment, an environment to flourish. So whether that's Kieran uh, as a first-class top manager, whether that's his coaching staff in Martin Pert, Lee Grant, Charlie, Renegal Martin, etc., or whether that's Andy Rolls in the performance team whose work sometimes goes quietly unnoticed, or whether that's the back-office staff here at Portman Road. Go and look at the team behind the team now. We've got depth everywhere. And whilst I can understand you asking about the manager, it's a natural thing to do, Right now, I'm I'm fending off challenges from Premier League clubs for my other staff, right across the board. That staff at Portman Road, that staff at the training ground, right? because they're sought after. But the good thing for, for me is when I hear that staff, those staff members say, you "No, know, I'm, I'm part of this rocket ship for Ipswich. I'm part of something very special. I'm going nowhere." Uh, that's heartwarming, um, and I think we're creating a culture at the football club, which gives us a real, solid platform to, to move forward. And you know, we've had a great start to the season. Uh, the points return has been fantastic, but we have to keep grounded. Uh, and, yet, and last week, we got our grounding. Jason Schechtel arrived last week. This is planned, so Jason comes and reminds us about our values, reminds us about who we represent. Fantastic guys, well done. Points return is fantastic, second in the league. However, let's talk about our values, let's talk about who we are, who we represent, how we behave, how we conduct ourselves, both on and off this pitch. Let's talk about the work that we're doing in the community. Brings, brings us right back to ground level. Um, and I think that's a lot of the, the running towards adversity piece that people don't see. Which leads to we go to Birmingham on Saturday. You know, dark, miserable day. We're 2-0 down in a difficult game. But this team run towards adversity. This team will not lie down and die. And you know, I'm sure we'll play better at times and lose games. But they really buy into the running towards adversity piece. They understand what that means. And they've been through more workshops with Jason whilst he's been here. So the academy players and stuff. I just think it gives us that real grounding of who we are.
1: Just to go back to Kira McKenna and I reiterate you're hopeful that this journey goes on a long time together, but in football, it's prudent to to look ahead, and you'll have plans for player pathways, and you're you're always keeping an eye on the next best players coming through. Do you do the same with managers as well? Have you got a does your data dashboard throw up sort of who the next Kieran McKennis could be? Um, my my job is to plan everywhere, so I
0: have to try and be ahead of the curve in all areas of the football. that's, that's what I'm expected to do. Um, and you, you look at everything. You, you know, I'm looking right across uh, you know, the world at football, at uh, best practice, next people in all positions. Um, but as I said to you, I think you know, Kieran is an absolute key member of our staff and he's, he's growing, he's learning, he's developing with us uh, and I think the, the great thing at the moment is we're all moving together at one place.
1: Mm. You mentioned looking abroad as well. Is that the same for players as well? The foreign market is something that you used... In Bristol, at uh, Bristol City, I think the French market in particular um, is that something that you, as this club progresses, that you're going to have to start looking at. Yeah, for,
0: for, for sure. Um, but again, it's timing, um, and it's the right player. Um, we won't bring a player into to the club just because we think they're better value from overseas, if they don't fit the model that we're 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 trying to build and what Kieran needs at that specific moment in time. So yes, 100, percent we look across the globe. But it's timing, right deal, right place, right player, and right fit for what wants.
1: Just finally, we're, we're we're sat here now, second in the table, all going quite nicely. But you've been around this game long enough to know that there's probably going to be some some bumps in the road for sure. to come. You talk about sort of staying grounded. How do uh, are you ready for the emotional roller coaster of the, the next few months?
0: Yeah, it's 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 not easy. Um, uh, you know. I think I've been here two years, and uh, to say I've fallen in love with this football club is an understatement. And, and I know my key staff feel exactly the same. So, we'll be under no illusion: we get the emotion kicks in. Um, as Fabio tends to sit by me on, on a match stand try and keep me under control, or poor Luke Wearing whose arms consistently bruised. But my job as a CEO is not to get too high when we win, and not to get too low when we lose, I need to sail a very steady ship, we will have bumpy waters, for sure, we will have highs we'll have lows, but I go back to that consistency, that tenacity which is us I think puts us in a good position um, and I think SATDI was so typical um, of this group of players, uh, and our manager and our coaching staff they will not lie down and die they, they do not know when they're beaten and I think if you've got that in your group and you've got that culture about you, it
1: puts you in a great place. Well, thank you for having me. It's It's a pleasure. pleasure.